against the Jews in Israel. It's been well reported, and we've had more than enough time to absorb the severity of Hamas's actions. I am, I'm at a point now where I'm just, I guess like many of you, I'm just really disgusted by all of it. And I guess there are three or four areas that I am most bothered by. First of all, the attack itself. You know, War, when there is war, war is very brutal. All kinds of tactics and methods are used to win. But this wasn't war. This was a surprise attack by Hamas. And Hamas, of course, is a terrorist organization. It's a terrorist organization that has political power. It is well-funded. It controls the Gaza Strip, and they are hell-bent on the destruction of Israel. So when Hamas conducted its surprise attack, killing hundreds, I think it's actually 1,500 Jews, massacring women and babies and civilians, more than anything else, it showed their cowardice. It showed clearly hatred and a willingness to harm the people they claim that they want to protect because they knew full well when they launched that attack that Israel was not going to sit back idly and say, well, you know what, they've been under a lot of stress lately. That was not going to be Israel's response. But it didn't really matter to Hamas because they have been using the Palestinian people, the civilians, as pawns for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, the Palestinians, and I'm going to say the poor Palestinians, not poverty-wise, but the fact of their their condition, their situation, they don't mean very much to anybody over in the Middle East. And we've seen the groups that have come and gone, their leaders, and repeatedly, it's always the same thing. Now, to be sure, Palestinians, many of them are poor. About 30% live below the poverty line. You know who gives the Palestinians the most money in terms of aid, support, financial support? Come on, you know who it is. The United States. Just think about that for a moment. All of these Palestinian-loving countries nearby, they don't do that. They don't help them financially. They can't even travel now into Egypt, which used to control Gaza, by the way. They can't just freely flow over there. They are really treated poorly. And I, I will forever believe they're treated so poorly because guess what? They're a very important player in all of this. They're helpless. They're pawns. And the people who are charged with responsibility of working on their behalf aren't really working on their behalf. They're working for more power. They're working for the destruction of Israel. 
But you would think that the Palestinians would have much better lives, not having to rely on the the good graces of foreigners, which, by the way, <laughs> actually included Israel. The Palestinians have been funded for years by the United States, the United Nations, by Russia, and, and other countries, including Israel. Just think about that. But part of the problem is Israel has to keep control of the borders. They have to be very, very strict about movement. Why? Because we've seen it. We've seen it time and time again. We've seen the the bombers. We've seen people who have strapped on bombs and blow up a, a cafe or do a car bomb. So they have to be careful. They really do. But all of that could change. It really could change if Hamas were willing to, since they are the political arm, if they were willing to sit down and be reasonable. And I can go through a list of concessions that Israel actually has made over the years. And they've made many concessions. But again, that's not good enough for Hamas. Why? Because they just won't shrivel up and self-destruct and die, go away, fall off into the ocean, into the sea. But that's not going to happen. No one will do that to themselves. And Israel has never asked that of, of the Palestinians. They have never asked that, not even of Hamas. You'd have to pretty much be stupid to think that you can attack Israel, which has very, very strong defense mechanisms. I'm not just talking about the Iron Dome. I'm talking about their military capabilities, their technology, their money. To think that you can attack them and that they would do nothing is utterly ridiculous. But that's why they attacked them. They they knew that they would do something. And that something Hamas truly was hoping would be a massive Palestinian casualty. Now, in this latest attack, we're basically waiting to see, will Israel carry out a ground offensive, as they've been saying they will do? But they apparently aren't in a big rush. And part of that is because Israel has a track record of, before they defend themselves, they ask the opposing side to clear the civilians out the way. This is not new. This is what they do. And Hamas expected that. And they knew this would give them time to go full steam ahead with their PR campaign because Hamas knows full well. And when we say Hamas, we're talking Iran, enemies of, I say enemies of humanity, but enemies of the United States and clearly enemies of Israel. These are bad actors, as we like to say. So Iran, as a sponsor of Hamas, they knew full well that they could launch their PR campaign and that there would be numerous willing and useful idiots to help them carry it out. This is why we have seen on television, on social media, throngs of protesters, pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas. You can be pro-Palestinian, but pro-Hamas denouncing Israel. And I'm bothered by that. I'm bothered by that because Israel sits alone in a part of the world in the Middle East, surrounded by 
enemies and people who are in countries, I should say, that are not necessarily enemies, but clearly are not allies. Even some of those who have basically engaged in neutrality in recent years, they're now starting to pull back. It was what, three weeks, four weeks ago, maybe, when Saudi Arabia, they were publicly talking about their optimism in building a better relationship with Israel, normalizing relations with Israel. Egypt, they pretty much have a normal relationship. But that's a problem. That's a problem for a very virulent hate field, a very dangerous group like Hamas. It's a problem because if other countries in the Middle East, if they can normalize relations with Israel, they can prosper more than they have done in the past. That opens them up for better relationships with the West. And that's the actually the last thing Iran wants, and it's the last thing, certainly, Hamas wants, because it would cut them out. It would really further expose the insidious nature of that organization. So now that they've gone ahead and they have killed hundreds, and again, more like 1,500 Jewish civilians, they have benefited from this horrific response in global media. It's not just American media, it's worldwide media. They're benefiting from these empty heads that are on the campuses of Ivy League universities. They're benefiting from organizations planted existing all across the country, claiming to be pro-Palestinian nonprofits. I'm sorry, I, I, I'm just, I just don't buy that anymore. I really don't, because to listen to these people twist the facts, and when I say twist the facts, basically what we're hearing now is that, oh my God, Israel is attacking civilians. Oh no, Israel wants to kill civilians. Well, Israel doesn't want to attack civilians, but Israel does want to protect itself as it well should. So I'm just bothered by it's just so much confusion. We can we can just narrow it down to the simple facts. And that's how we keep clarity. Keep it simple. We used to say in college, kiss it, keep it simple, stupid. The simplest way to look at it is Hamas attacked Israel. They came through through the air, they came in the water, they came, you know, across land, they came in tunnels. These people, they had this well-planned, and the cowards that they are, this wasn't an, an, a warlike attack where they attacked uh, first against another military. They came after civilians, families sleeping in their quiet neighborhoods, children at home with their parents, babies and grandparents. And yeah, they took some hostages, but they just slaughtered people. And Israel is not supposed to respond to this? Of course they are. Of course they are, and they will. They are responding right now with bombs, and which, of course, we've just heard, what, yesterday about Israel. They bombed a, a Palestinian hospital, and we saw this. Every news outlet was talking about it. The UN, the United Nations, they issued a statement about it. Well, that information came from Hamas. There was no effort to verify this, and then later... Much later, after it was verified, it appears by evidence that that was a rocket launched by Hamas. But of course it was Israel. 
Israel, they're the bad guys. Israel likes to kill civilians. No, there's no evidence to that. There just isn't. So that bothers me, obviously, just right off the bat. The other thing that just just I find disturbing is that President Biden has just shown repeatedly from day one a true lack of leadership. And when I say day one, from day one of his administration, from giving a call to all people around the world, if you can get here within the first 100 days, hey, Jack, you're in. And look at the results of that. Look at the results of that. From dealing with the pipelines, look at the results of that with Russia producing and selling more oil than they ever imagined that they could. From Afghanistan, leaving so many people stranded there, Afghanis who had been helpful to Americans, for Americans who were there just leaving them, leaving billions of dollars of U.S. equipment, ammunition, just left it there and just acted as though nothing happened. And who do you think got a hold of that stuff? Taliban, China. And you know what? It would not surprise me, not even a moment, if some of that equipment wound up in the hands of Hamas. It wouldn't surprise me. This man has been an utter disaster when it comes to leadership. Even with this situation, he did to me exactly what President Obama did. Remember when President Obama, he returned to Iran well over a billion dollars in cash, just cash money, all sorts of foreign currencies. That's not leadership. And then Joe Biden turns around and and gives $6 billion, supposedly in in relief, and also to buy some hostages. This is an excellent reason to show why we don't We don't pay ransoms. They insist that the Iranians have not used that money to give to terrorist groups, and maybe they haven't, but it still sends the wrong message. They want these people not to engage in nuclear proliferation. That's what the Obama cash giveaway was about. And that's really the same thing that this one is about, but that's not how you do this. It does. You don't have to be a, a, a diplomat. You don't have to be well-schooled in, in geopolitical affairs to figure that out. If you've got the world's largest sponsor of terrorism and they say, well, give us money and maybe we won't do bad things and you give them money, then you're the sucker. You're the sucker which makes us the suckers. And I still do not believe, and I will never believe that it was just a coincidence that after Biden, after his administration gave the $6 billion to Iran, that it just so happens that Hamas said, well, you know what? Hey, let's launch this massive attack against Israeli citizens. I don't think that was a coincidence. What they're doing, they're, they're, they're really putting a, a spotlight on just how weak our nation is becoming. That's what they're doing. They're highlighting it. They're, they're thumbing their noses at us. And then there really wasn't any real reason for President Biden to go over to Israel. He didn't say anything. Don't start the attack yet. That, that's useless right now. He could have stayed right here and sent a very strong message to Iran. We're going to cancel that money 
And if there is even a smidgen of evidence that you aided in training, in arming Hamas, then you will deal with us. But we'll get none of that from him. All we have right now is a, is a president who really cannot make a strong decision to protect this country. That's why we have these borders wide open. And speaking of terrorism, make no mistake about it. Please don't. The U.S. border protection, they have said they have captured over 150 known terrorists, people that are on that terrorist watch list. They've captured that many. So now just think about those who just slipped in. How many have slipped in? Probably five, maybe 10 times as many. So (laughs) while he's sitting here posing and posturing, we are really, I believe, we are putting ourselves in a very dangerous position. When I looked at all of the footage of all of these protesters, and it just made me wonder how many terrorists are in that group? How many terrorists are marching uh, on the streets of America? The borders are wide open. People have come here. People are angry. People hate Israel and people hate the U.S. Because let, let us not forget Iran, Hamas, and other terrorist groups, they've always referred to the United States as the great Satan and Israel as little Satan. If they will do that to little Satan, what in the heck do you think that they are planning to do to what they call the great Satan? I will say this, as a believer, as a Christian, I do believe that Israel will ultimately be victorious. I believe that. But I also believe that good-hearted people have a responsibility. And this is especially true for Christians, as our Savior has called us to bless Israel. What I'm about to say doesn't mean that Israel is always right, that they can do no wrong. That's not my point. But I do believe that that nation was established by God. I also believe this one was as well. I believe these two nations were established by God. And I know that he calls upon his people, his followers, to pray for Israel, to bless Israel, pray for their peace. In doing that, we can also pray for others. We can pray for the Palestinians. The attitude that so many people are taking against Israel, it's very dangerous because the bias coverage that we've been seeing, it tends to rile people up and stoke anger. And that's why we're seeing acts of anti-Semitism grow across the country and indeed across the world. So we have to really be very clear. Clarity is so important in times like this. Wrong is wrong is wrong. We can't make an action that is just clearly wrong. We can't make excuses for it and say, well, you have to understand they've been living in that region under the thumb of the Israelis. And even that has a backstory. I was just thinking about this when... Yasser Arafat, who was head of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, when they were working on this peace accord, I remember that he came under a lot of pressure not to agree to the peace accord. When Israel was willing to go with the two-state agreement, you can have yours, we'll have ours. 
But there were people inside the Middle East who absolutely hated that idea. And when you get groups that say under no, no situation will we accept a peace agreement with Israel, you've got a problem. Hamas is that organization. They've said repeatedly, the only thing that they will accept is the clear destruction, removal of Israel. It's the same thing that Iran has says has said. Iran has said that multiple times. So what is the tiny nation of Israel to do? They have to defend themselves and they have to know that they have people around the world who stand with them, who stand with them. I am one of those people and I hope you are too. So what does standing with them mean? It means rejecting lies. It means rejecting the notion that they are wrong for defending themselves after they were attacked. It means contributing as you can to organizations that are raising money to help. It means prayer. It really, really does. So that's really all I have to say about this. I may have more to say later, but I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest. <laughs> 